Christ is risen. He is risen. Christ is risen. He is risen. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hear the words from blessed St. Peter from his first epistle in chapter 2. And he teaches us, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. There are two teachings for us that are so tied together in what St. Peter brings to the table for all of us this morning. And the first one is this. He paints a picture for us as how we as Christians, as children of God, are to live in this world and during these times. He says, I urge you as aliens and strangers, as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. The children of God, those who are His people, are of His kingdom and no longer of this world. Therefore, we are to live as aliens, strangers. Other translations are right in saying sojourners, pilgrims. In other words, we are passing through. We simply do not belong anymore to this world, but to the eternal kingdom of God. Let me ask you a question. Because he's telling them something very practical. He's telling us something very practical. How many of you have traveled to a foreign land with a different culture? I, I have very rarely been able to do so. I did have the opportunity in 1997 to go to the Holy Land, and I saw a lot of hands up that have traveled to foreign lands. I think you'll identify with this. At least this was my experience when I went to the Holy Land. Very different culture. A very different culture. And not just because I was from New Orleans, but I felt like a fish out of water Okay, when I was there from a cultural standpoint. I mean, there's a lot of things that were enticing. There were a lot of things that were attractive about the culture. But the entire time that I was in the Holy Land, as blessed of a journey that was, and I think you'll see this when you've gone to foreign lands and, and lived amongst those of a different culture, as much as you see some things that are very fascinating to you that you want to learn more about, the whole time we're in a foreign cult, uh, country and in a different culture, there's always the feeling that I'm just not home. This isn't what I know. This isn't where I belong. There is a sense of temporariness. Okay? Now, we could move to a foreign land and engulf ourselves into that very land, but the reality is this is what we feel when we're sojourners in a foreign culture. And folks that come visit us in this country feel the same way. And St. Peter is saying this is precisely how the Christian is to live, having been baptized, filled with Christ, joined to the eternal kingdom of God. That we exist, we sojourn, we pilgrim through this very world in this very time in the same way. Yet we might see some things that attract us. We have that incredible sense that this is not us. That we do not belong amongst this. We're different citizens of a different country with a different culture entirely all together. And how do we live 
as foreigners, as pilgrims. He said, you do it like this. You abstain from fleshly lusts that wage war against the soul. What does he mean by fleshly lust? Let me, let me tell you, he means an awful lot more, even though this does fit into it. He means an awful lot more than just sexual enticement, sexual lust that, that we can have. When he's saying fleshly lust, he's saying that anything that our flesh, anything that our flesh craves and begins to pursue over God, anything that we set ourselves passionately to go after that brings us away from the experience of the divine union in Christ. So the way that we live as foreigners in this present world and in this time is we abstain from all of those enticements of that fallen culture and we remain as loyal citizens to our king. St. Didymus the Blind, a theologian in the 300s, he writes this about that very thing that St. Peter's teaching. St. Didymus the Blind says, St. Peter urges the one filled with God to abstain from carnal desires which wage war against the soul. A soul which is uncorrupted and immortal will desire that which is uncorrupt and immortal. It will desire God, His nature, and His kingdom. He goes on to say, whereas the flesh yearns for that which has been corrupted. When the soul distances itself from fleshly passions, it is preserved pure and glorious with a saving understanding of the way that it should live, with a will to live that way, and with a love for God and a desire to truly know Him. He's talking about the war within us, the war between our flesh that is still being purified and transformed into the holiness of Christ, by the Holy Spirit, the war that goes on between the soul and the flesh. And that battle is very, very real. My friends, take good courage because all of the saints of the church, they know this struggle. They knew this struggle. They endured this struggle between the enticements of this world and the detaching by the grace of the Holy Spirit to preserve the purity of the soul and to cultivate the beauty of the soul in the image and likeness of God. The saints knew this very struggle that we do. But also remember, why are they saints? Because they lived and experienced the victory of the risen Jesus Christ over the passions of the flesh. And they lived in this world as sojourners, pilgrims, they lived as foreigners. Even St. Paul knew this struggle very well, and he spells it out perfectly in Romans chapter 7. When St. Paul says, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, and the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my body. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? Thanks be to God, our Lord Jesus Christ. You hear his struggle between the things of this world and the things that are eternal, between the incorrupt of the perfection of the soul and the kingdom of God and the likeness of Christ and that which brings the soul to death and corruption in this world. And so St. Peter tells us, begs us, 
to live as Christians in that manner, as foreigners, as strangers, as those who simply don't belong with all of these things that corrupt and damage the soul. But we quickly need to pay attention also to the second part of St. Peter's teaching in this. Because he says this, detaching from this world is not only for our life and our salvation, but he makes mention that detaching from this world and living as citizens of the kingdom of God is also an offering for the salvation of others that are trapped in this world. St. Peter says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may be cause of your good works as they observe them come to glorify God in the day of visitation. St. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, in reference to your formal life, that is the life in this world, the corrupt life, in reference to your former manner of life, lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts and deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness in the truth of Christ. This is salvation. Not only our detachment from this world, but our clinging to God to receive all of the grace that He has to offer so that our souls are released. Our souls are at peace. Our souls are transformed, looking entirely different. And we know that we are saved inside out. That as our soul is transformed, the fruit of that soul in the likeness of God begins to bear fruit in this present world and in the now. St. Seraphim of Sorrow said that very popular quote that I will repeat right now. Acquire the spirit of peace and a thousand souls around you will be saved. Acquire the spirit of peace and a thousand souls around you will be saved. What is he saying? The word acquire can trip us up. Because the word acquire can be used in one of two different ways. If I go and pick up one of those candle stands, I've acquired it. I have it. I fully have it. But there's another way in which the word acquire is used. And this is what St. Seraphim is saying. A person can acquire wealth all the days of their life. Which means all the days of their life, their wealth can grow and grow and grow over time. And this is the word that St. Seraphim of Sarov is saying when he says this. When he says acquire the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of peace, it's over time growing in the acquisition of the likeness of Christ by that very Spirit. When we are baptized, there is no question that the seed of God, the Holy Spirit, is placed within us. And salvation begins. The transformation of our lives begins at that very moment. But we know that's the beginning, not the end. That it's a journey now of relationship from our union that we have with Christ that causes that seed to flourish. We are given the seed, but what's our part? To cultivate it. To nurture it. Which means to remain in active fellowship and union with the God who gave us His Spirit. We cultivate it by breaking up the fallow ground and creating good soil for the seed to flourish. We do it by watering it, 
We do it by letting it have enough sunshine, by pruning it from time to time, or rather letting the Holy Spirit do so. What happens when a seed has all of those good things? It begins to blossom. And from blossoming, it begins to bear the fruit it was created and designed to bear. And when it bears the fruit, we not only experience it, but others around us can experience the fruit of what is born from within us. As we give ourselves over to God, separating ourselves from this world and clinging on to God and fostering, cultivating that grace within, our lives are being transformed. And what St. Peter is saying, separate yourselves unto God. So that as you grow in his likeness, he's saying exactly what St. Seraphim is commenting on. As you are growing in the likeness of Christ, your salvation, my salvation, becomes an offering of the salvation of Jesus Christ to this present world captive to darkness and bondage of the illness of their soul and lacking the light of life. Our salvation, our detaching from this world, clinging to God, certainly it's for our salvation, but Peter's making it clear. Our salvation is also an offering of his salvation so that this world experiences the risen Lord Jesus Christ and glorifies him in the day of visitation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.